This is so wizard, Andy. Hey, what's going on? It's Beaten Down with Code 45, and you're listening to the Nerd Podcast Mafia. Entertainment your ears can't refuse. Broadcasting very fast and very dangerous from the planet Malastare, you are listening to So Wizard. You're thinking, you're the people gonna die? The only podcast to make the Kessel Run in under 12 parsecs. There'll be no one to stop us this time. Oh, yeah, everybody, it is time for episode number 199 of the So Wizard podcast. I am your host, Joey DiCarlo. My co-hosts, the queen of all nerds, Aubrey Litchfield. 199, you so fine. Good job. Good job. (laughs) And the expert, Mr. Marquis, Markellis Reagans. There are no liars in this game, only players. Lando Calrissian. You are listening to So Wizard Podcast. Three friends discuss the world of nerd podcasting weekly. This week, we're going to talk some nerdy news, and then it's time to talk all about Solo, colon, a Star Wars story. But before we get into that, how's everyone doing this week? Mark Ellis. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm good. You know, nothing, nothing big has been happening. been watching a lot of movies. Writing reviews that I haven't posted yet, but uh, other than that, nothing, nothing exciting in my life. Right, just what a regular movies week. Movies have you been watching? That's the important thing. What movies have I been watching? Uh, yeah. Everything that's in the theater that's not nerd related. So I've seen Truth or Dare and uh, Handjob Cabin. <laughs> that one hasn't opened up around here yet, but uh, I will be there day one. Um, yeah, yeah, they're, they're, other than like, you know, like Avengers and Deadpool, you know, everything else that's playing in the theaters is just kind of like, bah, but I got access to it, so I might as well watch it. Excellent. What about you, Aubrey? What goes on in the world of Aubrey today? Oh, God. Um, I'm going back to GameStop, so. What? <laughs> Insert. I, I know the, the listeners are probably like are you fucking kidding me uh yeah it's like my third my third round with GameStop I'm going back I'm going back um we have to go back <laughs> so yeah that I mean that that's pretty much the only news I have that's really I mean I'm working at a brewery, so I get free beer to deal with the fact that I decided to go back to GameStop. I mean to drink while I'm playing games, because I love GameStop so much since they gave me an opportunity to have a job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the circle of life. Yeah, yeah. I can't, I can't be too mad. They're taking me back for the third fucking time. <laughs> they knew you'd come crawling back. They did. They were like, this bitch, she'll be back. Don't worry. Don't worry, guys. We got her. We got her. She'll be back. That's the only news I have. That's all that has been exciting in my life. That's all that I have going on. Well, if you get any free games for PS4 that you don't want, I know someone that will gladly take them off your hands. Uh, I'll hook, hook you up. <laughs> Fortunately, no State of Decay 2 for PlayStation 4. Very, very disappointed yeah. about that. That's really yeah. sad. All right. Uh, I have done nothing except sleep and work and sleep and 
work and sleep some more. So, yeah. And sometimes not even sleep and just works. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's been fabulous. But enough about us. Marcellus. Yes. Tell me something. Yes. What do you know about social media? All right. So everybody can go to SoWizardPodcast.com where you will find new episodes every week. Uh, movie reviews from yours truly. Netflix picks from our buddy Adam Wallyhawk. Oh, and Amazon streaming picks. Uh, you can also find our merchandise there. Uh, you can purchase some of our Soul Wizard Podcast t-shirts. Look good while you're representing the show. Another great way to support our show is by doing your Amazon shopping through the link that we keep right on the website. Uh, click on a big A that you see there. Do your Amazon shopping. Receive your products. And you'll also be helping out our show. Uh, you can also find our social media links there. We have Facebook. We have Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review while you are there. You can also find us on a Stitcher radio app for your tablet or smartphone. We're on Podbean. We're on Google Play. And you can stream us through Spotify. Uh, you can also find our show along with some other fantastic podcasts on the nerdpodcastmafia.com website. Awesome shows. Back to you, Joey. You are you are you are a weird alien. You'll be terrible human in my world. What did that guy just say about getting jiggy with it in that song? <laughs> Something about a chia pet too. I don't know. Maybe I'm hearing things. <laughs> no, that sounds about right. Yeah. Actually, I would listen to a boy band song about a chia pet getting jiggy probably all day. <laughs> um, excellent. Great. So, you know, let's just jump into the news. Let's let's get it going. Mark, bring it on. Bring on the news. Yo, pump it up. It's time for the news. Yo, we getting ready to bring you the news, boy. Woo! What do you got for us this week? All right, so this week in nerdy news, uh, it looks like we have our new villain for the next Spider-Man movie. Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is in talks to join Tom Holland and returning villain Michael Keaton as the Vulture for the Spider-Man Homecoming 2 or whatever they're going to be calling it. Uh, looks like he's going to be playing Mysterio. I know that's a character that uh, a lot of people were expecting Bruce Campbell to play in the Sam Raimi run of the movies. Um, I'm not too familiar with him. I do remember reading a story with him that I think was uh, the Peter Parker and Miles Morales story. I think Mysterio was the, the villain in that. Um, but I don't know much of his backstory. But I do like Jake Gyllenhaal. He's, he's actually a pretty good actor. Um, I think this is cool. I think it's kind of come full circle. He was almost... Uh, Peter Parker and Spider-Man 3. So I think it's kind of cool that he's uh, made it to the point where he could be a villain. Uh, Joey, what do you know about Mysterio and do you think Jake Gyllenhaal would be a good fit for it? I'm super excited for Mysterio in the movies. Hopefully they let him keep his look so he has the big uh, fishbowl on his head. <laughs> That's probably not going to happen. I don't want to see him in like a black leather outfit. <laughs> like some like X-Men 2 outfit or something. But yeah, I want green spandex with a big fishbowl and a purple cape. Uh, and yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal is cool. He's a really good actor. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I always I always visualize Mysterio as being older. Not, not just because I want Bruce Campbell to play him, but like just a lot older 
But is Jake Gyllenhaal old? Um, kind of. Mm, it's got to be like in his 30s or 40s. Yeah, okay. All right. I guess that works then in relation to, uh, to Tom Peter Holland. Parker. So, yeah, yeah that's fine. No, let's do this. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm excited Michael Keaton's coming back. I don't know if he's going to be doing what more than just like a cameo or something, but he was awesome in the first one. So, but what happens to uh, Scorpion? No Scorpion this time? Oh, yeah. They're, prob- they're probably squeeze him in here somewhere. Well, he's, uh, he was in the after credit scene, so they got to do something with him. Right. But you need J. Jonah Jameson to have the scorpions, so you haven't even got that far yet. So, <laughs> right, so Aubrey, what about you? How do you feel about Jake Gyllenhaal joining the Spider-Man universe? I don't know. It's kind of weird because Jake Gyllenhaal is just kind of a weird actor in general. He just does really <laughs> different roles. So I don't know how I feel about him being Mysterio right now. And maybe like when we've get our first look at him i'll feel a little bit better about it but right now i'm kind of like cautiously optimistic that he can handle it just because i feel like he's play, his sister could play the lizard with no makeup on Ooh, Ooh. damn <laughs> uh remember it wasn't that long ago that we were talking about jake gyllenhaal possibly being batman in the new matt reeves trilogy right, right. yeah <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of odd that he's like gone from Possibly doing one character to doing another character in a whole other universe on a whole other side of things. I think it's it's pretty interesting for him. Maybe he was like, I see Marvel's making more money. Let me go there. Oh, you yeah. think they did that on purpose? They're like, hey, why don't you come over here? <laughs> and like, Grass is green over here, buddy. We got Michael Keaton. You know you want to. <laughs> Maybe that's... Uh... That they could start a war and like DC could try to trick Marvel into casting people. But like, that's why they had that Tommy Wiseau Joker video. All right. So, uh, so yeah, so that's how we feel about, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio. So next it looks like our hearts are going to be broken a little bit because Transformers has been taken off of the schedule for next year. Uh, we were supposed to be getting a new Transformers. <laughs> we were supposed to be getting a new Transformers movie uh, next summer, 2019, but that's been shelved. The only thing that's on the docket right now is the Bumblebee spinoff that's coming out this Christmas. Uh, so is this the final, uh, is this the end of the Transformer franchise as we know it? And are we disappointed? Let's start with Aubrey. Honestly, I'm not disappointed. Um, I've barely watched them. I've watched a couple because, you know, Noah's into Transformers right now. But, you know, there's also a difference between watching them and actually watching them and just having <laughs> on as background noise. Right. I honestly don't care about the Transformers series. I don't think anybody's going to be sad. I think that they're, the movies are stupid and boring. And I think they, if they want to redo them, you know, go for it. There's been about five million of them. That could be a series that they try to revive. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of fucking redoing, um, the hell were they just redoing again? Like every show that they're trying to revive from the eighties, they could instead try to do a good Transformers movie and maybe people will like it. Yeah. I think, I just, you know, I'm over it. I think a lot's going to depend on how this Bumblebee movie does this Christmas. I think if that bodes well, um, I think it might, it might give them the direction where they need to go. Because uh, Hasbro is investing a lot of money in this Transformer stuff, so we'll see how it goes. You can't tell that they're investing. I mean, they <laughs> use the majority of their budget to freaking do explosions. Mm-hmm. Now, Joy, how about you, dude? Are you uh, are you disappointed that this uh, franchise might be on its way out? 
I'll take that as a yes. Thank you. <laughs> no, um, uh, the movies are terrible. <laughs> they really are. <laughs> the, like, all right, the first one, the very first Transformers is okay. It's okay. Right. I don't like the designs of the Transformers. I don't like the action that makes you feel like you're having a seizure. Um, but as a movie, it wasn't bad. You know what I mean? But what was the second one? Um, Avenge of the Fallen? Yeah. Something, that yeah. sounds right. That one is awful. <laughs> and not even like a funny, like bad. It's just bad. It's like physically painful to sit through. It's like Electra bad. Mm-hmm. And then the one where they went to the moon was really stupid. Dark that one was moon. just stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, then Marky Mark is Age of Extinction. It was really <laughs> bad. Um, I felt that's the only movie I've ever fallen asleep in watching in a movie theater. <laughs> wow. Yep. It made just about as much sense falling asleep for a half hour in the middle of the movie. Than <laughs> it did watching, But it did, uh, you know, give us some very awesome movie moments like, uh, you know, stopping the movie to explain the statutory rape laws in Texas. <laughs> uh, when that guy's like, we're coming to look for Optimus Prime on your farm. And Marky Mark's like, where's your warrant? He's like, my <laughs> face is my warrant. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but it was really funny. And also Marky Mark saying, guys, I think we found the Transformer. <laughs> so we got that out of it. And then I did not see the last night, but I've heard it is god awful. It may be a I own the last night. <laughs> what? I do, but I own it because Noah has watched so many Transformers videos on YouTube that he knew that it existed because, like, there's a last night series of, like, a bunch of the Transformers that he owns. So he wanted to watch the movie. So I bought it because, you know, that was the easiest thing for me to do. Right. Um, and it's just I haven't even actually paid attention to it. I've had it. I've watched it three times with him and I have never legitimately <laughs> paid attention to it. Has he seen the original Transformers, the movie from like the 80s with, you know, you got the touch and stuff? Yes, actually, he sings You Got the Touch. <laughs> that he, fucking he, rules, he, dude. So my brother has an Alexa and Noah will go, Alexa, play You Got the Touch, You Got the Power. And, and then we have to sing it with him. And he, he runs around the house dancing. Open the prime matrix up as he does it. <laughs> <laughs> he should. He gives, we were listening to it in the car a couple of times too. Oh, that shit rules. That kid is awesome. Yeah. That kid is awesome. He loves eighties <laughs> power ballads <laughs> is where Noah is at. <laughs> well, uh, his next the next step is to take him to see uh, the Cybertronic Spree in concert. So. Oh my god, he'll lose his mind if he sees that. He probably would. He he is just I, I feel he likes the '80s movie a lot better than he likes the newer ones. Um, obviously, for obvious reasons. Um, but yeah, it. I haven't actually ever paid attention to last night because it's that boring. It's just full of a bunch of swears and like them trying to be cool and everything. It's just. I it's actually, just, I actually did see it in the theaters and I did pay attention to it, and it makes. It, pro- it will probably make more sense to you, Aubrey, not paying attention to it. Like, the movie makes absolutely no sense <laughs> at I all. I feel like maybe that's why I stopped paying attention to it. Because I remember the beginning of it, and then I just, like, trail off mm-hmm. and and stop paying attention. And I think it's really because I just can't follow it. Nice. 
Yeah. Well, I will say the one good thing that Bumblebee has going for it is from the director of Coraline and Kubo and the Two Strings. So if anyone can make this, can turn this franchise around, I believe he could be the guy to do it. So I am oh, we're, we're to definitely going to go see it between the director and the fact that John Cena's in it. <laughs> this, is, this is happening. So prepare yourselves, guys. You get like the John Cena song. John Cena! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So, uh, moving on to other franchises, or I'm sorry, other uh, big budget movies that kind of take place in the '80s. Uh, Damon Lindelof is bringing The Watchmen to HBO, uh, and it's going to be a kind of a remix of the story that we've known so far. Uh, this isn't going to be a remake or a redo of the previous book, or I'm sorry, the previous movie. Um, but it will take place in modern times, so we'll be getting the, we'll be seeing what the Watchmen world looks like from today's day and age. Uh, we got some a few cast members already lined up for it: uh, Regina King, uh, Don Johnson, and uh, Chappie himself, Lou Gossett Jr. is back in the mix. Uh, I'm not too sure how I feel about this. Uh, I am a fan of the movie, and I did read the book. Uh, I'm gonna have to probably check out a little bit of the footage before I decide if it's something I want to get into. But, Joy, you're a Watchmen fan. What do you think about Damon Lindelof doing a modern-day Watchmen TV show? <laughs> Aww. No, nothing about this sounds good. <laughs> Watchmen TV show, Damon Lindelof remixing the story to fit in modern times. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. <laughs> I am intrigued by Don Johnson, though. So. I'm I'm just glad that Louis Gossett Jr. is still around, dude. That's Can awesome. we get Don Johnson to sing a song for the soundtrack? <laughs> Can, we do Can we get heartbeat? heartbeat? <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna show up in like a silky um, Asian robe and be like heartbeat. <laughs> I just want you to know that back in the day, my mom rented the long form video of that, so From... it was like a, a like forty five minute long music video for that. Wait, was it like a mini movie? Was he like driving yes. a car? And said, no shit, really? Yes. <laughs> I remember she got at the video store. It had a silver box. That's all I remember about it. <laughs> all right. So, Aubrey, what about you? I know you were a fan of a Zack Snyder's Watchmen movie. How do you feel about a, a TV show that takes place in modern times? I think if they're going to do a Watchmen show, at least it's on HBO. So it has a fighting chance. Mm -hmm. um, that's pretty much like the only feeling I have towards it is, you know, at least... It's going to be on HBO, so it won't be like PG shit for for Watchmen. That's right. More um, of uh, the blue guy's penis walking around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to. yeah. You know, I wanted to see that. Well, shouldn't it be uh, now that it's it's for the <laughs> not now that it's modern day? It's going to be uh, a woman. Yeah, just boobs, <laughs> just blue boobs walking around. <laughs> Mrs. Manhattan. That she fights for equal boob rights. That's right. So yeah, we'll 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 see. We'll see how that goes. Um, all right. So then, some other quick hits. Uh, are either of you guys a fan of the TV show The Expanse that comes on the uh, Sci-Fi Network? I've heard good things about it. I just haven't watched it, but I have heard really good things about it. Mm -hmm. I'm not caught up. I'm about halfway through season two, but it is really awesome. <laughs> That's good. That's what I heard too. Yeah, a lot of people were telling me about the show before. And um, it was canceled by Sci-Fi, but it looks like Amazon is picking it back up. So another one of these shows that looks like it was on its way out and is being rescued by another network. Uh, given that, I may 
get into it. Uh, I might start checking it out just to see what the what the hubbub is about. Um, it does have Would a little. Do you like uh, Battlestar Galactica? The Battlestar Galactica reboot. Oh reboot? yeah, I did. I, I loved like those first uh, those first few seasons. I loved it. Yeah, that show is amazing. So it's not that good, right? But it's in that kind of vein, I guess. Gotcha. Gotcha. Really, the first maybe like two or three episodes of this first season are kind of a slog because they're like throwing all this exposition at you and you're just like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> but once it settles into the actual story of what's happening, then it's good. Nice. Nice. So, yeah, I'll probably be checking it out before it makes the big jump to Amazon. Well, I think uh, the first two seasons are already on Prime for free. Oh, so nice. That's at least where I watched the first one. Mm-hmm. All right. So, and then um, the other quick thing is, it looks like we we are all expecting to at some point make a trip to Disney after 2019 for Star Wars Land. Is that right? So you don't even know. (laughs) Wait, I'm sorry, Ari. Did you say no? Hey yo. (laughs) So um. So yeah, that's happening. They released a little bit of information about that coming up for uh, they released the uh, opening date, which is going to be next next summer, 2019. Um, but it looks like Universal Studios are also planning their own um, sci-fi land. Uh, they're going to do a land based on Star Trek to hopefully compete with uh, the new Star Wars land that's happening at Disney. Um, I don't know what to expect from Star Trek, and I'm not sure if it's something that uh, is something that I would want to see. But I think it's kind of cool for the fans, so I wanted to get, Aubrey, your opinion on, would you go down to see uh, Star Trek land in, in uh, Universal? I totally would. I think that that'd be awesome. Yeah, is there anything that you would, anything that you would want to see specifically at Star Trek, Star Trek land? Nothing I'd want to see specifically, but I would definitely want to sit on the bridge. Ah, I mean, that'd there you be go. super exciting for me. <laughs> now, Joy, I don't even have to ask you, dude. I'm pretty sure you would... Couldn't care less about Star Trek land in any regards. Yeah, if I wanted to stand around talking and be bored, I'd just stay at home. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds about right. I'm super excited for uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge when that opens, though. I want to stay in the hotel. They're going to have a Star Wars hotel where it's going to be... I think it's only a two-night stay allowed because when you're staying there, you're like part of a storyline. Right. And it's going to be at least $1,000 a night. Oh, my God. Well, you know what? When it opens, maybe the conference will be there that year for GameStop. GameStop managers. Yeah, right. They're not going to be able to afford to bring you there. They did uh, a couple years ago. They They give you used tickets. (laughs) So they started uh, switching them. So one year you go to Vegas. The next you go to Anaheim. And uh, so a couple years ago... All the managers went to Anaheim and they stayed at Disney. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Vegas was always fun. It's a lot of really funny stories about like prostitutes and all sorts of craziness that go down there. Yeah, I don't know where it is this year. I think it might be in Anaheim this year again. Hey, it's free, so who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> um, but when yeah. I was down in uh, Disney this past year, just the Star Wars stuff they had already at Hollywood Studios was like amazing. Like meeting Kylo Ren mm-hmm. <laughs> and BB 8 and uh, Chewbacca. And they had like a stage show and then the First Order March. Like all, all that stuff was freaking awesome. So I can only imagine how kick ass this is going to be 
probably going to have a nervous breakdown just walking through the gate. So <laughs> I'll probably give it a little bit of time before uh, before I make any plans to oh, go down there. Let it. Yeah, I wouldn't go near the place for the first like three or four months at least. Right. Uh, exactly. Because uh, when the Guardians of the Galaxy ride opened at Disneyland, there was an eight-hour wait in line to get oh, on it. Jesus. Right. <laughs> and then ride's probably over in like two minutes. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's just the Tower of Terror, but reskinned. So, I mean, people have probably already been on it pretty much. Yeah. Um, I just went on YouTube and watched. <laughs> just say, <laughs> save, save yourself eight hours of waiting. Just watch it on YouTube. Right. All right. All right. So, and in uh, the last bit of news, speaking of Star Wars, it looks like um, Hot on the Heels of Solo coming out in the theaters this week. Uh, James Mangold, he of Walk the Line and um, uh, Logan, is going to be behind the camera for the new Boba Fett spinoff that's happening. Yeah, sure. You know, Logan, it, you know, actually got an Academy Award. James Mango has definitely moved himself up the ladder by doing a comic book movie. So yeah, um, him doing a Star Wars movie makes about makes uh, perfect sense. I don't know how I feel about wanting a Boba Fett movie. I'm actually not too psyched about it. But uh, you know, whatever. He's a good film director. Maybe he'll make it good. Uh, Joey, how do you feel about James Mango doing a Boba Fett film? I don't know how I feel about him doing it, so to speak, but um, I really want there to be a Boba Fett movie. <laughs> really? Be amazing. I can't wait. Um, depending on what it is. I mean, you know, I don't want a musical or, well, it might be kind of funny, actually, but, <laughs> you know, it just depends on what it is. Um, I don't know what they would do. Like, uh, what is it going to be like? I, I don't know. There's just too many question marks out there, but I would be very interested in seeing such a movie. And, you know, he's a good director, so at least it's not like, Josh Trank is still doing it. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> but, I, you know, I, I, I just don't know what I want from it, but I, I just hope it's good and there's a lot of good action in it. Mm -hmm. All right. Ari, what about you? How do you feel about a Boba Fett spinoff movie directed by the guy who did Logan? You know, I think that that's a pretty good idea because I loved Logan and I thought it was great. And... I am super pumped for a Boba Fett movie. That's pretty much like the only spinoff movie that I wanted because I wanted to, well, I mean, Liam spinoff might be kind of cool, but a Boba Fett movie is definitely going to be way more cool. Millie Bobby Brown as young Leia. You see, that'd be cool. But um, if you really think about it, you don't really know what happened to Boba Fett unless you read the books and the comics and stuff like that. So seeing the way that Boba Fett kind of um, grew up and everything and, and the training, I think that that would be awesome. I don't know. I'm excited about it. it get him, Dad. Happy. Get him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how I feel about it. But we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll, I'm sure this is something that we'll be talking about for the next couple of years. We'll see the progress of it. I have a, I have a feeling it's probably not going to happen. But we'll see. Um, all right, and that's it. That's it for the news. I'm done. All right, so I guess we'll uh, go ahead and jump right into talking about Solo, a Star Wars story, and we all had the chance to see it, and we're going to give some non-spoiler impressions, Then Mark will play, of course, the spoiler sound drop, delineating spoiler talk, so if you haven't seen it, you can uh, hop off and go see it, come back, or you can hang out with us and get the whole movie spoiled for you. So, you know, let's get started. Um, Aubrey, what would you think of Solo, a Star Wars story? It was okay. 
<laughs> How about you, Mark? Uh, I thought it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Okay. Joey? I, 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 I liked it a lot. I feel almost like the same way as I felt with Deadpool 2. I really liked it, but I didn't love it. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't love this movie. I didn't walk out ready to run through a freaking brick wall over this movie. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I should have. For a Star I'm Wars movie, I should you be. didn't, yeah. But I liked it a lot. And in the days since it's come out, I've seen it and I thought about it more. I like it more than I did when I walked out of the theater. So it's not like uh, Age of Ultron or something where I really liked it at first, but then the more I think about it, I don't like it. I just, you know, it, it seems like it's good. It's just not fucking great. I guess that's the best way I can put it. Mm-hmm. Any non-spoiler things you want to talk about before we spoil the hell out of this movie? Uh, I was surprised by how much I liked the kid playing Han Solo. Um, I know there was a lot of questions about you know, will we accept him? Can he fill the shoes of Harrison Ford? And I would say probably 10 minutes into seeing him, I was like, yeah, this is Han Solo. It's totally Han Solo. And I think that, I think if, if, if you're, if you're expecting to be like blown away um, by the epicness of like the other Star Wars movies, then you're bound to be disappointed. But if you just want a fun, you know, fun, simple Star Wars movie, that's just like, that doesn't suck. Yeah, I think it's good. I think this is a, this is a good movie for you. I, I wish more people would be going out to go see it uh, this week. I'm in the same boat because I was definitely like, this guy doesn't look like Harrison Ford. Fuck is this crap? <laughs> and like you said, maybe about 15 minutes into the movie, that kind of just melts away. And by the end of the movie, I had absolutely zero problem envisioning him as Han Solo. Mm-hmm. Aubrey? Uh, <laughs> I just... You know, I don't hate this movie, but I don't, like, love it. It just kind of is. (laughs) You know, it's not, like, anything that's... It's not something that I'm, like, over the top about. I just kind of left going, oh, there was another movie, you know. I don't know. It's just weird. I I have a weird feeling about it. (laughs) Pun intended. Yeah. All right, well, let's just get into spoilers then. Spoil the hell out of this so we can get talking about it. What's the spoiler? Here's the spoiler. You will die alone. All right. Spoilers ahoy. So let's uh, let's get started. I don't know. What are we, what are we talking about here? <laughs> All right, so let's talk about the opening scene that shows Han yeah. with him uh, as a youngster. Just finishing up a deal that kind of went sour, uh, that he's kind that he's kind of not being completely honest about how things went down. Uh, we get some cool shots right at the beginning of him uh, stealing a stealing a speeder and uh, heading back to where he's from. What did you guys think of this whole opening sequence regarding him stealing the uh, fuel and a big wormy creature that he's supposed <laughs> to be a. Uh, He's supposed to be obliged to. What did you guys think of this whole opening act? Yeah, and it, that was kind of cool. Um, I liked the, I liked how they kind of showed him running away from something again. You know, he had stolen something, and then he's gonna get caught. You know that, and it was nice to see like what he grew up into, 
I like I liked how they did that. All right, Joey. What about you? What did you think of that whole opening sequence? Um, it was a little weird at first because it's asking you a lot to buy into him as Han right off the bat. Like I know it's his movie and blah 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 blah, but it just felt like almost right off the bat, like he's right in your face at the start of the movie. Here he is, go. Yep. So it was like a little jarring at first because I still wasn't used to it. I had to get used to him in the role. Um, I did like the big slug that they were <laughs> worked for, which is maybe foreshadowing for Jabba the Hutt. And uh, and then I liked the speeder chase when they were trying to get away, too. Especially liked when they tried to <laughs> scoot down the alley on the side of the speeder and it didn't quite work. Mm-hmm. I liked when he tried to use the uh, rock as a thermal detonator. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah, actually did I like that whole opening sequence. I thought it was actually pretty fun. And I, I, I was I was down for it. I was down for it. All right. So the next they try to make their escape. Uh they have some stolen fuel, which is what everyone is after these days at this time. He stole it. He was gonna use it to barter his way, him and his girlfriend Kira, uh, off the planet of Corellia so that they could get their own life, you know, move forward. Uh so they steal it. They head down to the train station. They're being chased by all of these people, and they almost get away with it. They show up to the gate. They give it to the guard. They're like, hey, take this and let us go through. And as they go through, she gets captured and taken away, and Han has to find his way um, onto the ship without being caught. What did you guys think of Queen of Dragons as uh, Kira? I thought she was great. I love Emily Cl- Amelia Clark. Um I thought that she did a good job in this this role. I kind of liked her more in the beginning than I did in the end, though. <laughs> well, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, like, as a character, like, uh, her acting. I kind of liked her acting more in the beginning than I did at the end. Mm-hmm. Huh. At the end, it just kind of felt like I was watching Game of Thrones. <laughs> All right, Joey, what, what did you think of her? Um, well, right off the bat... She's like probably top tier, one of the hottest chicks on the planet right now. <laughs> like she's like an eleven out of ten. Like oh wow. man, it's it's hard to even like watch the movie at points because she's so freaking hot <laughs> when she's in that black dress on uh, the yacht. Like oh my god, Ugh, how can I even watch this? Um, but yeah, I thought she was great, and I really liked like when she double crosses everybody at the end and mm. signs up with Darth Maul. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so that was cool. It just, it felt like it was setting up for another movie or something down the line. Like maybe we'll see her in Boba Fett. Ah, Mm -hmm. good point. Good point. But you know, that it also sucks because, you know, based on how this movie is doing the box office, there might not be (laughs) another, (laughs) uh, solo movie. So, um, that stinks, but that also stinks for her because she was also in Terminator gynecological exam and, She's had some issues being in, in sci-fi movies, unfortunately, but I, I actually I really liked her in this. I didn't have a single problem with her at all, and she's also smoking hot. So. Mm-hmm. Agreed, agreed. What did you guys think of how Han got his last name solo? I personally was ready to throw my popcorn at the screen and go, boo, it's bullshit. Really? I thought it was I so it was fucking super dumb. boring. Yeah. It, it was, was kind of cutesy. I think it was a little too cutesy, but... Yeah, that's fine. Kind of bo- it didn't bother me. <laughs> I don't understand it why. It also he- makes me wonder, like, how many other solos are there out there? You know, 
there's got to be a whole bunch because they just like mm. I don't know like a bunch of runaways that are all trying to who don't have a last name he's like all right you're a solo too get out of here yeah like that's how I feel about it well I mean he could have been Han single mm-hmm. <laughs> Han alone Han Uno <laughs> uh, yeah I thought it was dumb I just would rather have his name be Han Solo I mean it'd be one thing if they had explained that he just didn't have a last name. Mm-hmm. Um, but we know from later on in the movie that he has a father because um, his dad built those ships. So obviously he has his dad's last name. So I don't know. I just thought the whole thing was it was pointless and dumb. It was a very um, bad expanded universe of them. Yes. <laughs> That's the best way I could put it. That was a very bad expanded universe thing. Like EU is PU. <laughs> All right. So he signs up with the Empire. Uh, and he wants to be a pilot. He, think he's, he thinks he's going to work his way up to uh, pilot one of the ships. Instead, they, they, he, we learn through exposition, gets kicked out and winds up as a grunt on a field uh, with all the other grunts uh, during a war where they're taking over a planet, which I thought was pretty cool. A nice battle scene. Uh, and that's where he meets Woody Harrelson, Tandy Newton, and John Favreau um, as an a- four-armed alien creature. Uh, what did you guys think of these new characters, the Woody Harrelson and Tan- Tandy Newton and um, John Favreau character, uh, Aubrey? I liked them. They were okay. I wasn't like totally in love with them, but I did like them. I was upset that John Favreau died early because I liked him the most, and then he just died. Like, wh- why? I liked him. Yeah, I was hoping that he was gonna. Um, I was hoping he was gonna make it around to at least another movie. But uh, yeah, I liked them too. I liked them a lot. Joey, what about you? What did you think of these characters? I liked them uh, when they were introduced. I actually didn't like John Favreau that much. I thought, like, we didn't get enough time with them, really. Mm-hmm. So, like, when he died, like, I didn't give a shit. Like, who cares? Okay. <laughs> you know? Um, same thing with Tandy Newton. Like, I actually liked her character more. Her character was interesting. Yep. And then she's dead. Yep. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, this is a prequel, so you got to figure that none of these people are going to make it out alive. No, I mean, there's no reason why those three characters couldn't walk away at the end of the movie and they don't have to be around anymore. I mean, there's people you interact with in your life at times and then you move on and you never hear from them again. No, <laughs> so, that's, that's true. That's very true. There's no reason why they all had to die, but okay. <laughs> all right, so, uh, so Han gets figured out as a deserter and the Imperial throws him into the pit to deal with the beast where he's going to be eaten by the beast. What did you guys think of the introduction of Chewbacca in this story, uh, Joey? I, I fucking loved this part. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. And when he was talking, speaking Wookiee, it was really, really funny. Because <laughs> <laughs> it was like all translated bad and stuff in the subtitles. I thought that was great. I really, really, really liked that part of the movie. Mm-hmm. What about you, Aubrey? I that was probably my favorite part of the movie honestly. I feel like um this this was really like the best part of the movie. It also kind of helped explain like how Han could understand Chewie mm-hmm. and like had that communication with him um which I liked. I liked how they kind of filled that gap in a little bit for everybody. So yeah, th- this was my favorite part of the movie honestly. I I thought it was hysterical. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love the part 
um, when they said he was going to be, they're going to throw him to the beast, I knew exactly what was going to happen. And I like how it kind of mirrored their introduction or their reunion in Return of the Jedi when they throw Han into like that dark pit. And then there's something in the background like growling and it turns out to be Chewbacca. I love that. I thought that was great. I thought it was going to be like a mini Rancor monster or something. <laughs> yeah, I really like in this movie, they did that quite a bit where they made subtle references to the future movies, like the dice mm-hmm. um, that he had. I thought that that was really cool because they carried that on throughout all of the movies that Han Solo has been in. Um, they've had the dice and the Millennium Falcon and everything. So I, I liked how they took subtle things like that and honored them in this movie. Mm-hmm. Me too. So uh, him and Chewie, they team up. They escape. Um, they wind up tracking down uh, Woody Harrelson and uh, Tandy Newton's characters. Uh, because they're the reason that they're in the military is that they're actually going to steal a ship because they're going to do a job. And Han wants to be a part of that job. And uh, him and Chewie are kind of chained together. So Han makes a promise. It tells Chewie, you know, these are good friends of mine, which they weren't. And uh, that's going to be their way off the ship. So... They get off the ship, they learn about a train heist, and then they uh, implement their plan to rob this very valuable fuel that's been uh, that's the hot commodity of the galaxy, uh, rob it off of this train. What did you guys think of the whole train sequence, Aubrey? That's kind of where I started to not like this movie. Um, like, I had high hopes, and I was really liking it up until this point, and then this kind of fell short for me because it felt as though the train took too long to get to the bridge, Mm -hmm. but everything else seemed rushed. Like I feel like they could have shortened and they could have shortened the, um, the train part and it getting to the bridge, but they could have expanded the fight scene more. Like they could have probably, turned the focus more on the fight scene than on like the actual shots of the train going to the bridge. Okay. All right. All right. Joey, what about you? How did you feel about the sequence? I thought it was probably the best action sequence in the movie. So (laughs) (laughs) I really liked it. It was really well done. I liked, uh, the only thing is, is just like, you know, it's a prequel. So, you know, nothing's going to happen to Han or Chewie. Right. So that kind of takes away some of the danger elements of it, but, yeah, I really liked it. I thought it was cool. And, um, you know, apparently that was not reshot in any way, shape, or form. So that whole sequence is all 100% Lord Miller. Oh, wow. That's a, that's that's good to know. Uh, I love that sequence. I agree. I think it's probably the best sequence in the entire movie. I I thought the whole thing was cool. And, and it was cool that you could understand exactly what the goal was, how they were going to accomplish it, and you didn't lose your place in it. Um, mm-hmm. You can... You can tell where where you were at all times, and I love uh, Tandy Newton's character just shooting the uh, the droids uh, once they trip the sensor and the things come out and her like firing on them. And I like Woody Harrelson, like f- from that moment on, that's when I really started to like his character because he looked like a badass as he's swinging across the train, shooting at the uh, the stormtroopers. Um, so that whole sequence I thought was awesome, and it also shows that Han is a character that. Um, he's going to try to do the right thing, even though he says he's a scoundrel and you know he's in it for the money. He's going to try to do the right thing no matter what. So him him taking the cargo and not keeping it when they're fighting against... Oh, during the train sequence, they're met with a gang of, uh, I don't know, outlanders that are always trying to... Marauders. Uh, marauders, yeah. Who are also trying to steal the fuel, too. And 
you know, as much as Woody Harrelson's character wanted Han to keep the fuel, Han lets it go because he, you know, wanted to save Chewbacca and Woody. So, uh, you know, he let the fuel go, which is something that's, if you're pulling off a train job, that's not what you want to do. But if you're Han Solo, that fits perfectly within his character. So I really like that they established that. I thought that was really cool. What did you guys think of the uh, the Cloud Riders, the bad guys that were trying to steal his stuff? Joey? Um, I liked them, actually. I liked the way they looked. I liked the twist at the end that it was a little girl. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, it's an interesting character I'd like to see more of. But again, I don't know how you would other than in like comic books or cartoons. Um, I like that they were riding swoop bikes. That was a nice uh, EU nod right there. <laughs> but, um, yeah, a lot of this stuff in this movie was like some of it was just so nerdy referential to like expanded universe stuff. It, the whole movie just feels like a decent expanded universe novel. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's, uh, it's definitely no dark saber. Let me tell you. Ari, what about you? What did you think of this group of uh, marauders? I thought they were really cool. I agree with Joey. Like I liked... Um, Empty Nest. She was a spinoff <laughs> of Golden Girls. <laughs> That's I, not the name of them. I liked the twist at the end. So um, I thought that they were really interesting characters. I I would like to see more of them. I think that it would be really awesome to see more of them and how their story right. gets played out. And it was also kind of cool because she said that this would start a rebellion. Mm-hmm. And so it's almost like Han Solo helped with the beginning of the rebellion and then he doesn't want to be a part of it. And then he be, he also is like part of the rest of the rebellion. Yep, exactly, exactly. All right, so the, the plan goes wrong and they have to report to the bad guy, Paul Bettany. Um, what did you guys think of Paul Bettany in his few scenes in, in the movie, Aubrey? Honestly, I thought it was Michael Fassbender at first. <laughs> <laughs> See, I thought it was Jude Law. Oh, it does look like, it does, yeah. I thought it was Johnny Depp. <laughs> uh I I I thought he he was only in it for a few scenes, but I thought he was actually really cool. Joy, what did you think of his performance? Um, yeah, he was only in a couple scenes, which also sucks because like some of this stuff it just feels I understand like and I like that about these types of movies where like they just throw shit at you and expect you to roll with it. Like, yeah. okay, this is this guy and this is what he does, and this is his ship. But some of the stuff I wish I had more time to breathe. Like I, like he was there and he was gone mm-hmm. <laughs> and he seemed like he was interesting. Like that world of, of him running, uh, one of the crime cartels and other crime cartels and all that stuff was, seemed very interesting, but it was gone. <laughs> they killed him. He's all, he's gone. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. He seemed like he was having a good time though. So. Yeah. I think they, they wanted to move through it really quickly and let you know everything you need to know about him. You'll get like right from those few minutes, you know, him killing the governor guy at the beginning and him not really giving him a lot of options to pay him back. So I think he did pretty good at the the limited time that he had. Uh, So now they have a new mission. They're going to try and steal this fuel uh, unrefined from a mining place, but they need a ship. And uh, Kira happens to know a guy who has a ship, a pretty fast one. And that's where they meet Lando Calrissian. Um, What did you guys think of Donald Glover's, performance and entrance as Lando Calrissian Joey. I thought he was fucking perfect. <laughs> he was great. I thought him and Chewbacca and uh, Alden Einreich had a lot of good chemistry too mm-hmm. on screen. So you could see like that, you know, they talk about Han and Lando being friends in empire and moving forward. You could see the beginnings of that in this movie, which I thought was great. I thought the scene at the end of the movie where he goes and re wins the Falcon back. Yep. 
thought that was, oh, was freaking awesome. I was like, why wasn't more of that in the movie? Almost. Cause there were some points in this movie where there were stretches of a lot of talking. And I was just like, Oh my God, <laughs> it's getting a little rough here. Um, and then they'd have stuff like that. And you're like, why wasn't more of that in the movie? It's mm-hmm. almost like who, I wonder who, whose direction that was. Was that Lord Miller with the really good character interactions or was that Ron Howard? Like, I don't know, but I, I really liked him as Lando. I hated, hated his robot. Though. <laughs> I knew you would. I laughed so hard when his robot came out because I was like, Jesus, Joey's going to hate this robot. It was just too much. It was too much. I didn't like that robot at all. Mm-hmm. All right. So, Aubrey, what did you think of Lando Carusian and a robot? I thought that Donald Glover was amazing. I loved him as Lando. He captured the essence of Lando and he did just an amazing job portraying him. I could not be happier with how good he did. Uh, the robot was over the top. I think that I, I see where they were going and it was funny for a little bit. Um, like her interaction in the Millennium Falcon, like saying how Lando was in love with her and everything. I thought that was funny. But like some things were just lost to me. Like her telling Lando that he was going to have to do that thing like he did last night. Like that was kind of (laughs) crude and I didn't really respond to it. I don't really like crude humor to begin with. So maybe like that was funny to somebody who enjoys crude humor. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for me, it was lost. But I I see what they were doing. And that that uh, message was really funny. It just kind of became over the top at one point. So I was actually kind of glad when she died. I enjoyed Donald Glover's performance so much. I thought he was so perfect as Lando. Um, I loved, I loved when uh, when they when they get to the end, and his ship is like all destroyed, and Han is like Lando's like looking at it like super sad, and Han is like puts his arm around him, and Lando's like I, I hate you, and Han is like I know, it's perfect, it's perfect. <laughs> um, yeah, and I wasn't I wasn't that big of a fan of the the L three droid either. Um, I understand a point. Of it, kind of, but I don't know it was just misplaced. Their human that humor from that robot was misplaced. Um, I wasn't a fan of it, but you know, it, it, I I wasn't too sad when she she bit it too. I do seriously. I think I do think it's pretty cool that her navigational system is uploaded into Millennium Falcon. So now mm-hmm. when you see Empire and you see three PO going, man, your computer system just has like the rudest attitude. It was like, oh okay, that makes sense. It kind of <laughs> it kind of ties into that original robot. I thought that was mm-hmm. kind of cool. All right, so uh, <laughs> so they get the Millennium Falcon uh, looking brand new, and uh, happens to be impounded, which uh, I thought was a nice little nice little touch. Lando acted like he didn't know that it was impounded and mm-hmm. needed Woody Harrelson to help him break it out, um, which I thought was hysterical. Mm-hmm. So- I I think that they did a good job transferring over Lando's personality. I think that like his deceptiveness and just his charisma, not even just being deceptive, but he's, he's obviously manipulative and, but he has so much charisma that you don't like, it's almost like he's being manipulative and you're not even mad. (laughs) Yeah. But you're okay with it. So like, yeah, that's Lando. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like they did a really, really good job in writing that. And transferring that over into this character, and I, I, I liked that a lot. All right, so they, so they have their job. Uh, Lando's going to get his twenty five percent of the cut, 
And the job is to sneak into this mine, beat up the guards, and steal this raw fuel from the place. Um, and, but the other trick is they have to get that raw fuel from that planet back to another planet so that it can be refined, but they can only do it, they, they have to do it under 20 parsecs, uh, which is why they need Lando's ship. They need a fast ship. So what did you guys think of this sequence of them stealing the unrefined fuel, including like Chewbacca running into like some other Wookiees there, uh, Joey? Um, uh, it was all right. Yeah. <laughs> it seemed, I don't know, like not big enough. I don't mm-hmm. know, if the, like, like we're having this huge rebellion and then they show like 20 people run outside. Like, <laughs> I don't know if that's from reshoots or what, but uh, just that part felt really small and kind of stupid. Mm-hmm. I did like when, uh, I did like the shot where Kira and uh, L337 go in the room, the door closes, and then you just see her cape kind of like flutter up through the door and the guy's taken out. Yep. That was cool. Um, <laughs> and of course, anything involving Oh, geez. Me, so. um, but yeah, I mean, just up until the point where they actually left, uh, it wasn't that great. Uh, yeah, it was kind of dark. I don't know. And surprisingly simple, too. Yeah. Um, Aubrey, what did you think of that sequence? I, I felt like the castle run was super simple um, and not as big as it should have been. Really? Like, like there was like there was the maw and then there was that um, other creature and everything. And that yeah. was cool. But other than that, it didn't feel as though the Castle Run was as big as it should have been, mm-hmm. given how often it is, um, how often it's referenced in in the um, in the movies. You know, I, I really liked that part of the movie. <laughs> yeah, I, that, just, that, I that feel as though it could have been more. That like I... it could have been hyped up more than it was like this is the castle run you know anytime you hear about the millennium falcon you always talk about how it made the castle run in under 12 in in 12 parsecs and it just felt lost like it didn't feel as big as it should have been mm-hmm. now that Aubrey, you bring up a really good point i want to say for the record i actually did love that whole sequence too the castle run i thought was amazing but other than the first time he mentions it at the cantina how, how many other times did they mention it in the Star Wars movies? I was trying to figure this out the other day. Once they mentioned in it. Force Awakens. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So once in the cantina and once in the Force Awakens. The way I look at it, though, is if Rey is aware of it in the Force Awakens, then how many other people are aware of the Millennium Falcon making the Kessel Run in that amount of time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, if it's that big of a deal to where it has gone down in in history... As people understanding this story. Yeah. You know. Yep. And, but you thought you, there should have been more to it. Yeah. I mean, like, why, how is this such a big deal? <laughs> why is making the castle run in under 20 parsecs such a big deal? You know, why? how does Ray know about it? Like, why is it so big that Ray knows about it in the future? Mm-hmm. You know? Fair enough. If Fair it enough. was just something where he was just doing a job. You know, she probably wouldn't have heard about that because then it's not such a big deal. But the fact is, is that she knew about it, you know, however many years in the future. So it was a big enough deal to be passed down and make it to her. Mm-hmm. Well, I I like that they actually did establish it. And I love that we get to see Han and Chewie be captain and, and, and co-pilot for the first time. And the Star Wars theme comes up and the Empire Strikes Back music plays as they're spinning around. The, I, I actually really did enjoy that whole sequence. And I like that uh, stuff was on fire and Kira uses Lando's cape to like put it out. 
And he's like, hey, yeah, no, <laughs> it's custom design. What are you doing? All right. Um, Joy, any other thoughts on the Kessel Run? I, I just really liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a really good sequence in the movie. Again, another action sequence that was really well done. So. All right. So they survived. They make the Kessel Run. They make it in time to get the the um, fuel refined. The Marauders show up again and inform Han that they need that fuel because it's going to be part of the rebellion. Um, Han comes up with a plan that can help the rebels or help, yeah, help the marauders and get him and Kira free. Uh, but it involves kind of double crossing Paul Bettany's character. Uh, so what did you guys think of this big final twist of the story of Han trying to, uh, help out these guys, but also trying to put one over on Paul Bettany's character, Joey felt stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it, it just felt like the movie kind of just ended like it peaked too soon. So like it peaks with the Kessel run. Yep. And the other stuff that happens is just kind of like, it was just like three people in a room. <laughs> right. And well, which is fine. I mean, but it's, I don't know. It just it needed maybe the Kessel run should have been later in the movie. I don't know. Just because that was the big, those are the two big action sequences, the train and the Kessel run. Mm -hmm. So then after you get through those and now it's just going to be, you know, talking to Paul Bettany in a room. I don't know. I just, it, it, it kind of felt like a downer, like a downgrade. You gotcha. Know? Didn't let you walk out of the movie. Pumping your fist in the air. Right, right, right. <laughs> Didn't have that final, like, oomph at the end of the movie where like this, all this cool stuff happened. Here's like a five minute coda and we're out, you know? Yep. Yep. That's fair. Uh, Aubrey, what about you? What'd you think of that ending? It just, you know, it kind of was lackluster to me. I didn't care after the Kessel run. Um, it just, you know, I, I also have like mixed feelings about the fact that he believed that this stuff was fake. And then all of a sudden he realizes that it's real. And it's like, he was so convinced that it was fake, but then, you know, I don't, I think that that's what was a little annoying to me. Like if you're going to be so sure it was fake, like you're going to look at it and think that he actually put in time to make fake stuff. I don't know. And then Woody Harrelson double crossing was just annoying to me too. I thought that that was stupid. And then I did like the action scene where like they're trying to shoot at each other. Yep. And then Kira jumps in and like just fucking destroys everybody. Um, it's there's like a lot that I've noticed. I think that this is why the movie kind of fell short for me is that there's too much thinking involved in this movie, like an enormous <laughs> amount of thinking. I would like, have to say there's considerably less thinking in this movie than there was in say the last Jedi. Well, I mean like, I feel like everybody was so like, so prepared for what the other person was going to do. Everybody was so prepared for them to be double crossed that they already had a different plan in motion. And then there was five other sub um, <laughs> options for them to do and how to prepare. Like they just thought way too far ahead and it kind of got lost because my brain was like spinning <laughs> over how to catch up with how they knew that all of this would happen. All right. So on next week's show, we're going to review oceans eight and we're going to see how Aubrey does as far as the, uh, the heist goes. I'll probably like, be done. <laughs> um, I actually, I like the ending. I thought the ending, yeah, I agree with you, Ari. There was a lot of twists and turns, um, but I did like it. I, I enjoyed it. It kept it simple. 
Um, and it's all about the characters at that point because we know that Han's going to fly the ship and you know fight TIE fighters and we know all that stuff is going to be happening down the road. Let's find out who this character is right now. Um, let's find out who these other characters are right now. So I, I like the ending. I thought it was really cool. Um, what did you guys think of the big reveal of the uh, the bad guy from episode one that no one really knew about showing up? Uh, Aubrey. I think, again, that was a nice little Easter egg that kind of nods to the rest of the stuff. Like, you wouldn't know. The average Star Wars fan is going to be like, what the hell is Darth Maul doing alive? Last time I see saw him, he he was he fell to his death. But then if you watch Clone Wars, you know that he's still alive. So then you're like, hmm, I wonder how this is going to play out then. Like, what happens to Darth Maul? Why isn't he in the rest of the series? Why did he die in episode one and then you don't see him the rest of the time? What does he do between episode one and episode eight? Like, how Mm -hmm. does that work, him and Kira? Um, So, I mean, people wouldn't really know that unless they watch Clone Wars. So that was kind of a nice little nod to tie in everything. Yep. Yep. Joy, what about you? What did you think of it? Um, I liked it. I like Darth Maul. So him being back is cool. And it's nice for Ray Park to get work. Um, <laughs> but I don't I don't like tying in cartoons and comic books and novels into the movie canon like yeah. that strictly. Like the old Star Wars EU was like basically everything counts unless it doesn't count. <laughs> Right. So if a movie came out and contradicted the books, well, too bad for the books. Right. (laughs) Now everything, including video games, is all canon. They have a whole team that coordinates it all, which is fine. But when you have something like Darth Maul shows up, and if you didn't watch five seasons of Clone Wars, you don't know why. And then if you didn't watch Rebels, you don't know what happens to him. Like, uh, I don't know. And I I have my own feelings on the quality of those some of those spinoffs. So I liked it. It was cool. But, you know. I'm interested more to see Kira as a mob boss. Right. That's what I want. Yeah. And, you know, that that's interesting. I don't really care about, like, Count Dooku showing up in Solo 2. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. I think it is, it's very nice for the fans who were watching the cartoon shows to get a, a little nudge of um, acknowledgement. I thought that was nice of them. But, yeah, it does. It, it opens up a whole can of worms for people who have not been watching the cartoon shows. Uh, by the way, if you really want to know what happened to Darth Maul, uh, watch season four and five of the Clone Wars and then season three of Rebels, I think. I think that's where it is. Yeah, you know, again, it's 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 nice that they gave a shout out to the fans. Um, I hope that it doesn't twist things too much. Um, Word. So, yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's that's Star Wars, uh, a solo, a Star Wars story. I don't think they're going to make another one. Right, so that's the, the other thing. This is not doing great. Oh, uh, it is tanking big time. Well, because nobody the, wanted it. Here, here's the thing: the original budget for this was like 150 ish, yep. 175. Like it's supposed to be. These spinoffs are supposed to be lower budgeted. Right. So the fact that you know maybe not everybody wants to see a young Han Solo movie, so it's not going to be like a gazillion dollar maker like Episode Seven or Eight is not a big deal. Problem is that they had to have Ron Howard go in and reshoot 70% of the movie. Like he reshot 70% of the movie. So they made this movie twice. Right. Yeah, pretty much. So now the budget's over 300 million. <laughs> so it's going to lose money. Mm-hmm. But the, the one good thing is that there's three other Star Wars movies that overperformed and made a ton of money. So it, it's going to kind of wash out in, in the end as far as the Star Wars franchise goes. 
but I don't yeah, think I'm we're going to sure, get... I'm sure Disney is still profitable yeah. by the end of the year. Yeah, I think, exactly. I think the lights will still be on at Lucasfilm <laughs> tomorrow morning. But with them moving ahead with this Boba Fett movie, I kind of want them to just do... Because I know they were talking about doing a Lando movie too. I want them to just do one more movie. Just one that ties in Han, Boba Fett, Lando, and Kira, and Darth Maul. Just do one more and then be out. Just stick with the original, the original movies. Um, Whatever we do, got to do to get more Kira, I'm in. <laughs> I hear you. Um, so yeah, so that's it. That's, that's, that's it. That's Star Wars. All right. So what did you guys give it out of five, your rating, Aubrey? Uh, probably a 2.75. Like, wow. Yeah, I didn't hate it, but it all, I also didn't love it. And I'd give it a three, but then I feel like that's more towards like, oh, you know, I kind of like it. I'd see it again. But I don't feel like I'm ever going to watch this again. Like, I watched it once, and now I'm done. What about you, Mark? Uh, I give it a four out of five. I enjoyed it a lot. I saw it twice. I enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> I walked out of the theater and immediately put 3.75 out of five in my phone. Yep. And then the more I thought about it over the last, you know, 27 hours, mm-hmm. I uh, was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to give it a four. Oh. So. It's a four, four out of five, nice. strictly because how much I love Amelia Clark. <laughs> that bumps it up to a four. <laughs> you are not lying. That scene where she comes out in the black dress, I was like, Oof. damn. I think uh, Colin just went through puberty. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, any recommendations for the listeners out there? Aubrey. Um, I have been playing a game on my phone called Phone Destroyer. It is a South It doesn't Park- sound like a game that you'd want to play. <laughs> It's a it's a South Park game, um, and it's actually pretty fun. It's addictive. It's like you get cards, and they call out characters. Um, so you flip the characters into play, and then they destroy other characters. And it's just kind of fun. So if you like mobile games, download Phone Destroyer. All right. What about you, Mark? Uh, yeah, there's a documentary on Netflix called Making Fun, and it's all about the birth and creation of those Funko Pop uh, toys that are taking over the world right now. Uh, it's really cool to see how these guys got their beginning. Uh, it's not going to make me want to buy more, but uh, it's a very, very cool story about these entrepreneurs. Um, it's on Netflix called Making Fun. Awesome. Well, I will recommend that everyone goes to SoWizardPodcast.com where they can find the podcast every week. Links to all our social media accounts on the right-hand side of the page. Streaming picks and movie reviews from Mark and Adam. So much more. SoWizardPodcast.com. Don't forget to check us out and subscribe on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. Listen to us on Spotify or just about any podcatching app under the sun. And uh, you can leave us a five-star review on iTunes or uh, Podknife.com. And uh, that always helps out the show. Um, I will recommend that you also jump on Netflix and check out season two of The Toys That Made Us. Uh, Transformers, Hello Kitty, Star Trek, crap, what's the fourth one? Lego. Lego. Um, yeah, it's great. You know, the, the, like 45 minute long little mini documentaries about how these toys came to be and some of their history. So it's, it's fun. It's interesting stuff. Definitely a nice, fluffy, easy thing to watch. Yeah, very informative. The, the Lego one was particularly amazing. Right. Even the Barbie one is interesting because the lady has the world's most horrifying chair in the background <laughs> while she's being interviewed. So, um, And that's that. So next week is going to be the big episode number 200. Um, 200 weeks in a row. So Wizard Podcast, goodness for your ears. And we're going to celebrate that by 
counting down each of our individual top 10 movies of all time. And the other two people then make fun of that person's list <laughs> for how terrible it is. Um, Joey gets man. Oh, Gross. yeah. I, 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 we'll see. We'll see. But uh, <laughs> that's going to do it for this week. So on behalf of my co-host, the queen of all nerds, Aubrey Litchfield. So long, citizens of the Internet. And the expert, Mr. Marquis Markellis Reagans. Uh, go check out Solo if you haven't seen it and uh, Wakanda Forever. I've been your host, Joey DiCarlo. This has been episode number 199 of the So Wizard podcast. We'll see you next week as we celebrate the big 200. Good journey. Better days are gonna get better. I'm so happy.